Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Jesus That's Good News podcast. This is a space where we share the gospel, aka the good news, to anyone who has a vulnerability to pull up a chair at Jesus' table with no reservation needed. Good morning, Julie. Good morning, Devin. I'm surprised you don't have a toboggan on and a a heavy parka. (laughs) I should, because it is snowing. Is it currently snowing there? Okay, not currently snowing, but there is snow on the ground and like 30 degrees. And I'm not about that life. Devin, November 13th, snow on the ground. And that can only mean one thing. You've got to make your wife happy and you've got to decorate for Christmas (laughs) today. She put you up to this, didn't Uh she? (laughs) This is all a plan. Secret secret text messages from Katie this week. No, it just has that feel to it. It does. Mm -hmm. And you know what? This is the first year that I'm inclined to decorate before (laughs) Black Friday. Uh, Because, A, it makes Katie happy and happy wife, happy life. Am I right? That's uh, apparently, yes. That's how that works. Yeah. And B, the snow on the ground just giving us that, you know, Christmas feeling. We went Christmas decoration shopping last night. So it's just a matter of time before we're setting those bad boys out. (laughs) Yeah. What about you? How how is the weekend? How's is it snowing there? Is no, it snowing the ground? You know, um I I was back listening to some of our old podcasts, Devin, and I want to you know, I'll make jokes about Ohio State a lot, but it's it's <laughs> just teasing. I never want to come off as an obnoxious Ohio State fan. If that's possible. Yeah, you don't want to come off as in the norm. I get it. Uh, yeah, I hear ya. But um actually I went to the Buckeyes game yesterday against Indiana, and it was butt cold. It snowed Ugh. so heavy. But I was with my um, two nephews and my niece. Uh, give a shout out to Ben, Kate, and Ian. And yeah. they took the old aunt to the ball game, and it was it was fun just being with them. But we had a great time. That's cool. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, but and you got the OSU win too. Yeah, so that's good. I've never done OHIO so much in my life. But what was great was to do it with a whole stadium behind me. You know, for once I wasn't the outcast doing OHIO. It was it was by great. yourself. That's right. Because I know I'm not going to get it from this podcast. But no, you're not. But you know, no, we were talking beforehand, Devin, and I was at the ball game yesterday. Had a little bit of a busy week this week, and. Thinking about our topic for this week, we're heading into the holiday season, and there's so much busyness. Can like, don't you agree? We're about to celebrate um, the holidays, which is a wonderful thing, but I think sometimes we can be bogged down with the busyness of life that we kind of are missing the beauty of what's what's happening. And it starts now, from the decorating all the way up to Thanksgiving, Friendsgiving, uh, Christmas celebrations to New Year's. All of a sudden, you blink and it's January 1. So I agree. I think the busyness can be overwhelming at some point. So um, I'm excited to dive in today and learn about oh, the awareness that we can have of Jesus. Yeah, just really a matter of, of recentering ourselves and reminding ourselves really of, of what's important in this life and, and what really matters and, and not letting um, the other aspects of I have to do this or I have to do that to kind of wear us down. Um, I remember, oh gosh, it was 
well over 10 years ago, uh, my friend who I talk about quite often, Steve, who's the former pastor of the church I went to, I, I admit that there's not a lot of times that I remember what exactly was said in a sermon, but I remember him speaking on this idea of what I'm calling margin well over 10 years ago. And I think the reason I remember it is because it's so true. He, he had been reading a book by a gentleman named Richard Swenson um, that was talking about how the conditions of modern day living kind of devour what he called our margin. Do you, like Break that down. Okay, yeah. yeah. Like what I mean is by margin is time kind of alone, time to kind of step back and to take a breath time to uh, find ourselves alone with God, time to uh, not have to live by an itinerary or a to-do list. And I feel like as we head into this time of the year, that's kind of how we're living, uh, swallowed up by, and, and Devin, I think sometimes, and Devin, I think it's not always like not swallowed up by bad things. They can be really good things. But at the same time, they can take a toll on us emotionally and physically and spiritually. So how do we find that time alone, that time alone with God, that special time maybe with just people that we know and love where there's no expectations? How do we do that? And I, I think Jesus sets for us a great example in scripture of how to live with a little bit of margin in our lives. So that's what I mean by margin. So I want to ask you a question, Devin, and I want to ask our listeners a question too. During the course of your average day, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, are you living with this increasingly aware knowledge of God's closeness to you? Do you feel his promptings? Do you feel his nudgings? You know, we talked about Psalm 139, Devin, you said that that was a reaffirming and reassuring Psalm for you. A centering Psalm. Yeah, and I, I think it's because we're reminded of his affirmation, like of his love his for presence. us. Yeah, so that's my question to you. If I, and I'm, I'll put you on the spot right now, and not okay. you see the question that I'm asking is not a question that's a shaming question. It's not about have oh my gosh, I've been at churches before, or I've heard pastors say before, talk to me about your alone time with God. <laughs> Seems a little personal. Yeah, I mean, and they will get real personal. Like, so tell me, how much time are you spending in prayer? How much time are you spending reading scripture? And I'm not saying those things are bad, Devin. I, I think those things are critical. But at the same time, why don't we start out with just the simple question of, are you living with this awareness of God in your life? And so I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. So yeah, during a normal week, what is your mm-hmm. awareness level? Like if we were going to do one to 10, one being I'm not aware of God at all, 10, I'm super aware that God knows me, that he loves me, that he's interested in my life and that he just wants to spend time with me. What would you say? So I would say almost two years ago in January, I was probably at a zero to one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. And I don't think that's any coincidence to me being in like a low spot in my life. Now, I would say, gosh, I would say probably about a six to seven. That's pretty good. You think? Yeah. I was thinking, 
you know, I, we talk about this all the time that our walk in Christ is always a work in progress. And I think I have come a long way from that zero to one to a six to seven. Um, but there's always going to be room for growth to get, you know, beyond that six, seven. And I think too, Julie, I think in life, I think those numbers are going to, you know, go up and down. Oh, definitely. There's an ebb and flow there. Yeah. Uh, So right now in my life, I would say a six to seven. And I find myself to trying to make that awareness with God. Like if I'm ever in the car going to work and I work from home, like a hybrid schedule, I always make that like first five minutes of my drive, just like my time Mm. to to pray. Mm. And I'm finding myself though recently, this is a very honest thing to say, um, and I want to talk to you about it a little bit. Okay. In my, how I'm praying, Mm. or like, I feel like I, sometimes I'm finding myself in those first five minutes needing to like talk out loud to Jesus or like needing to say the words in order to move on with my day instead of, which we're going to talk about later, just being silent. Mm. So I'm kind of transitioning into like this lack of better words script that I had been saying Mm. for the past year in the morning Mm -hmm. to realizing I'm not needing to say those things. Jesus knows those things. I don't know. It's finding that like balance or that, that midway point of listening and talking. Yeah. It it is interesting, isn't it? I think I had a friend, a very good friend who uh, asked me not too long ago, um, what she was asking me what I thought prayer was. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we can talk about that maybe in one podcast just dedicated to that. I think prayer is beyond requesting. I think it's more than that. And I, I do think that it's the centerpiece of our communication with God. And what, like, for example, Devin, before we started our podcast this morning, you and I have talked and shared for an hour before we ever got started. <laughs> and I think that's the essence of prayer. It's, it's time mm. spent together. I think it's not so much the words that we say as it is the attitude of our heart. Yes, yes. And you and I kind of talked about this a couple weeks ago you kind of reframed how I'm praying now because you talked about how, what you just said, it's not necessarily what you say, but inviting God into your heart and soul. And that doesn't require a script. No, no script, no fancy words. No fancy words. No, no, not at all. I would say that's where my level of awareness is. Now, I'm also going to say when I'm not in the car in the mornings, I am not aware. Hmm. Um, I'm. Tr- that's what I want to work on. I listened to one morning when I was home from work, I had the Today Show on, and I'm a big, big fan of Hodokapi. And she was talking about during her battle with breast cancer, how she would try to find the silver lining in things hmm. and correlating that to Jesus, like speaking to her. And so there are times in the day that... I would say I'm more looking for that. Mm-hmm. And when I see something that kind of is like a, a word or a phrase that is matching what I'm praying or thinking about, I'm like, oh, okay, all right, Jesus, I hear you. Yeah. Like that's you. Yeah. That's me being aware of your, of your goodness. So I'm working on, on trying to find those little, 
golden nuggets throughout the day. But yeah, I would say that I'm not as aware as I would like to be. Yeah, I think six or you said six or seven. I think that's fantastic. And I loved your honesty too. It's easy to uh, find God, I think, when, when you're kind of alone with him. But how do we do this in the busyness of life? Like exactly. with everything coming up with the holidays, how, how can we remain connected to God? How can we live with this beautiful awareness of him? I liken it to, I love um, during springtime or even in the fall, like having the windows open in my house and that breeze that comes in, mm-hmm. like imagining that God is like that gentle breeze. Like if he could just mm-hmm. do that for me, that would be, I, I would find that very comforting or... Um, it's like being in love, you know, and having that comfort of someone being able to reach out and hold your hand. I mean, that's, I don't know. I'm, is that at me asking too much? Do you think like that? I want to have that awareness of God in my life. I love that. It's such a visual and tangible feeling. Yeah. I I guess I'm going to say, I'm going to be really, I'm going to be real greedy and say, that's the kind of relationship (laughs) that I want. You know, that's the kind of awareness that I want is that he is so close. Um, I remember hearing a friend of mine talk about a guy named Brother Lawrence. Have you ever heard of Brother Lawrence? No. I hadn't either for a long time. And uh, Brother Lawrence lived, you would like this guy, Devin. He lived in the 1600s. He was in the army, actually. (laughs) Hey, you know, I just realized with the army, we could do A-R and you could do M-Y. You know, kind of like (laughs) O-H-I-O. You're just trying to get me... Closer and closer to saying <laughs> it's, those four specific Yeah, letters. I know. It's not going to happen. <laughs> but uh, Brother Lawrence was kind of like a junior monk. He, uh, he he had experienced such atrocities when he was serving in the army that uh, after he came out of service, he dedicated himself to a life of just serving God. Like he just fell in love with God. And he didn't even aspire to be like a senior monk. He said, you know, I'm happy working in the kitchen. Mm. And he was so clumsy, uh, they realized that he just had a way of breaking things all the time. So they said, hey, dude, we're just going to make it so that you make sandals. You're going to make shoes. But like Brother Lawrence didn't care. Like Mm. he just didn't care. And he talks about um, someone had written down uh, like his private letters and things that he would write like in a journal. And he said that he could find God in something so mundane as like washing dishes or if he bent over to like pick up a piece of straw on the floor. Like he recognized that even in those moments, God could be present. Sheesh, that is like next level awareness. Yeah, that's like 9, 10, off the chart, yeah. 11 kind of awareness. Awareness is unmatched. It is, but I, that gives me something to aspire to. Definitely. You know, and... um. So I, as we look back to Jesus and how he lived with awareness of the father, we see this over and over again in scripture. Um, Not that he was like brother Lawrence, Jesus didn't live by himself, but Devin, you know, in all of our Bible studies and stuff, we've read so many times where Jesus would take time and go off by himself Mm -hmm. Yeah, and encourage his disciples, you know, to go off by themselves and to find that quiet time to kind of reconnect with God. But we love that introvert energy from Jesus. Yes. Whether you guys realize it or not, um, I have a lot of introvert in me. I can talk to people all day long, but I do recharge by being by myself. And mm-hmm. Devin's a little bit the same way. 
yeah, uh, we talked about that before we hopped on. There's a uh, a social battery or social cap that I reach that you know I just need a day. I get you to rejuvenate. And being married to a social butterfly, mm. yeah, yeah, that's an interesting ride. That <laughs> <laughs> that is a roller coaster, I'm sure. In all the best ways, all the best ways. In all the best ways, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, Julie, before we keep going, I want you to rate your awareness of God on a scale of 1 to 10 right now in your life. Um, I would say, believe it or not, I'm I'm right about where you are. Um, Okay. I would say maybe 7, 7 to Mm 8. I'm fortunate in that I do live alone. You know, Taylor's out of the house and has been married for several years, six years, I think. And, um... I don't know. I, I, I feel like, I feel like God is always very close. And I think the degree of the intimacy of my relationship with him does not rest on him. It rests on me. And we've talked about in our friendship. And when we look about friendships and relationships outside of, uh, uh, out, you know, with, with family and others, we've talked about intentionality before Devin and being intentional yeah. and making time and space. And I think it's the same way with God. I I don't think that my intimacy and my awareness of him is because of his absence. I think it's because of my lack of awareness. So yeah, I'm always trying to to incorporate that or or to to lean into that just a little bit more. Always room for for growth. And and let me can I I want to qualify something real quick too for our listeners. This isn't about how good you're being or how quote spiritual you are. Yes. This is not a uh, behavior gauge. That's not what we're talking about. I remember Devin one time, my friend, I'm going to give a shout out to Lisa. Uh, Lisa and I used to work together at Children's Protective Services. And it was, we were just having a, a, a quick conversation, but for whatever reason, it stuck in my mind. And when we worked at Children's Services, we would go out and do trainings at the schools. We would, you know, educate teachers about the signs to look for for child abuse and neglect and things like that. Um, Lisa was more there to provide like the um, procedural guidance, but I was there to kind of do the teaching because that's what I had done in my past. I had taught. No problem. Had no problem going out, enjoyed going out and doing the trainings. When I left that job, everything kind of fell back to Lisa to go out and do those trainings. And I remember her talking with me and saying, you know, she, she was nervous about being in front of all these teachers and, and talking. And, and she, I just remember it like it was yesterday. And she said, Julie, she goes, I think about like, what if I sound stupid or what if I don't communicate it very well? And she goes, what I always come back to is that the people that know me and and love me like they won't care if I mess up at this training like it was and I know it's it's just a very non-spectacular kind of comment but I knew what she was talking about that no matter like how well she performed so to speak she had this awareness or almost a knowing that the love that she had with the people that really mattered in her life wasn't dependent on how well she was going to do a training it was enough that's right. And I think that's where I want to come from with this talk today. I'm not talking about how spiritual you are or how religious you are or how well you've aced life. Perhaps you've been a spectacular failure in some regards. What I want you to walk away with is this, this awareness 
of that no matter how badly I kind of fail, that Jesus will sidle right up to you. You know, that he's going to be there to say, I'm, I'm not just here, but I'm near. And I, I want you to be aware of my presence. So that's kind of the foundation that I'm looking at with this. So Devin, what I'm going to have you do is, and I'm going to invite our listeners, if you're not driving, um, if you're just kind of sitting around and taking in the podcast, if you have your Bibles, you want to turn to John chapter five, you can, or you can just listen, no big deal. But what I want us to see is this amazing interaction that Jesus is having with, I hate to say this, he's having this interaction, Devin, with the asshats again. (laughs) And let me set the context real quick in John chapter five. Jesus has just healed a man at the pool of Bethesda. And he did this. Unfortunately, he did the healing on a Sabbath. And unfortunately, unfortunately, (laughs) you know, unfortunately, this guy can walk again, but Jesus did it on the Sabbath day. And you're not supposed to do that kind of thing on the Sabbath. How dare he? I know just Jesus being Jesus and he can't, he Mm -hmm. can't catch a break. So let's see how the Jewish leaders respond to him in this, in this context. Devin, do you have that available there? Yep. So in John chapter five, verse 16. So the Jewish leaders began harassing Jesus for breaking the Sabbath rules. But Jesus replied, my father is always working. And so am I. Oh, repeat that one more time. That is so good. And it slides right in there. Like you don't even pay attention to what he's really saying. Like it just, Sounds like word salad mm-hmm. a little bit, but repeat that again, Devin. So, so Jesus replied, my father is always working and so am I. Mm-hmm. So the Jewish leaders tried all the harder to find a way to kill him. For he not only broke the Sabbath, he called God his father, thereby making himself equal with God. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him everything he is doing. In fact, the father will show him how to do even greater works Hmm. in healing this man. Hmm. Then you will be truly astonished. So I I love this. Jesus saying, listen, God is always at work and so am I. We're not taking a day off. Uh, We're busy all the time making ourselves aware. And uh, we like it that way. And I love what Jesus says, too. He says, listen, I see how God is moving and working in the world. And and let me show you how that like that's the beauty of Jesus. He comes and he's a tangible representation in the world to these guys of what God is doing. And when you think God isn't working, Jesus is like, no, we're putting in overtime. Overtime. Just so you know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you can't stop us. You know, mm-hmm. you can't. And, and remembering that his motivation is love, it's just overwhelming to think about. And the question is, then, can we live in such a way where we feel that presence of God, where we know and we not just know in our minds that he's always working, always moving, always loving and always teaching, but can we live with that awareness all the time? And And I'm here to say, yes, I think it's possible. I think it's very possible. And I think, Devin, you're a living representation of that. Hmm. How you said you think that a couple of years ago that would have been at a zero or a one. 
And now yeah. we're up to like a six or a seven. And Devin, sometimes it's a two or a three. Exactly. But even a two or three tells me that there's still a, a, a knowledge or a knowing that God is still at work. Now, as I stated earlier, uh, my life situation is different than a lot of individuals. I live by myself and I'm a little bit of a loner and I like it that way. But I, I watch people. I, I see people, um, especially those that I do life with. And Devin, do, like, do you, when you look at your friends and your, and the people that make up your world, do you ever see any of them living kind of like in fast forward, like with hurry sickness? Hurry sickness. Break that down. Have you ever heard of that before? I haven't. You have never. I bet those of us who are over 50 have heard that before. It By hurry sickness, I mean like you shower in a hurry. You brush your Everything's teeth. Everything's done in a hurry. Yeah, you brush your teeth in a hurry. You know, you go from meeting to meeting in a hurry, or you go from meeting to practice to meeting in a hurry. And there's no room for what I call margin. So when you're living with this hurry sickness, how are you taking time to be aware that God is moving, that he is loving you, that he is working, that he hears you? When is that actually happening? I mean, I see my friends jamming everything they can into the margins of their day. I sometimes wonder, Devin, I, I know people who are so busy all the time, and I, I wonder if it's because they're afraid to be kind of alone with God, to have that awareness. And this isn't a new problem. Like I said, we see Jesus modeling this idea that we need to be alone with, with God it, I know I have a couple of scriptures listed there. Can you take a look at those and read those for us, Devin? Yes. So this is Mark chapter one, verse 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. And then in Mark chapter six, verse 31 says, Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Ooh, that just sounds nice. Doesn't it though? Yeah. I'd like, like to hey, book Hey, it. slow down, slow down. Like let's go eat. Let's book let's go share in quiet. Let's book an Airbnb together with Jesus. Yeah, a Jesus B and B. Can you imagine? Oh man, that'd be so relaxing. Mm-hmm. Um Mark 6 really gets to me when he says, because so many people were coming and going, they didn't even have a chance to eat. I feel like that's probably a lot of like new moms. I have a lot of new mom friends where like my friend Allie, the other night we were over there helping her with the kids and it was like nine o'clock. The kids were just put down, you know, and she was like, this is mom life. I'm eating cold chicken nuggets. (laughs) That is mom life, actually. Yeah. So she was going so quickly that she didn't have time to eat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think Jesus was realizing and teaching the disciples. So I think he was teaching us too, that you've got to have that time alone to like tap into that awareness of, of God and knowing that that is when you learn and when you grow and when you heal. I mean, that's when spiritual formation takes place. And so what I want people to understand is that whether you're in this nice and beautiful alone time with God or you're finding yourself in this uh, hurried, uh, very busy kind of way of life, like 
spiritual formation is always happening, Devin. You know, I think I told you earlier, Devin, that I went back and re-listened to our podcast on Psalm 139. And I remember in that, in that podcast, I talked to you about I am statements, like I am lovable, or I am not lovable, or I am broken, or I am whatever. And we talked about how we allow other voices to come and, and talk to us. And I, I shared with you too about how uh, Henry Nowen talked about all too often we form our identity about uh, what we do or what other people say about us, right? Or the things that we have. And what I want us to remember is that when we are caught up in this hurry sickness, when we are caught up in the busyness of life, what we start doing is we start hearing other voices. You know, I have to have my kids involved in these things because that's what all the other moms are doing. Or I have to, um, I have to attain, uh, I have to work over, I have to work extra because I have to attain a certain level of success in the business, right? And so what we start doing is, and I think Satan loves it, we start filling our lives with things that do they matter? Of course, but do they matter at the expense of what God says about us? when that is all that really matters. And I don't think that we can hear his voice. And I don't think that we can hear him saying, Devin, I want to spend time with you. Devin, I love you. Like, Devin, I see how you're struggling here. Or I see how you have doubts. Or I see how you feel like you're afraid you're going to have unfulfilled dreams. I see all of that. But how can how can God's message get through when we're so... Um, bombarded by the voices from the outside telling us everything else that we need to do. That's why this time alone, that's why finding margin and listening to his voice and inviting his presence, I think is so critical to us finding peace and true contentment in this life. Brought the heat with that, bow preach. Okay. (laughs) I have told you, Devin, from the beginning that you are a beloved daughter of God whom he loves and delights in from day one but unless you can sit still with that and own it yeah and let that sink in and experience what that feels like they're just words it's all just words and this is when your soul changes this is when your heart starts to transform a little bit you know two years ago, it wasn't because we had some magical conversation. It was about you intentionally then pursuing that time with God. Yeah. Finding the margin in the room and the time for him to speak new truths into your life. To listen for once. I think listening is key, don't you? I think that's what changed my life is listening. Because I was so gung-ho on telling Jesus what my life was going to be or should be or how it should be. And it was only until when I stopped and listened to what he had planned for me and listened to how much he loves me. And I took myself out of it. That's when things started to change. Yeah, I think, and I think that's a next step for everybody. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Like if, if you were to ask me like, Julie, what practical steps can someone take into finding that, that intimacy and that connection? I think it starts by listening. Mm-hmm. I think God's been talking so, all along. Yeah. So how do you tell somebody who 
is, you know, on the go 24-7 between job and family and kids and friends and just life and holiday season. What do you tell somebody who says, Julie, I don't even know if I have the time, but I want, like, I want the time, but I don't know where I'm going to fit Jesus in. I, I think like any other relationship, you make him a priority and you be intentional. And I'm not saying that, man, that sounds, I don't want it to sound, I don't want to say churchy. What I'm saying is this, is that if, if I want to know how my daughter's doing, I'm very intentional and I pick up the phone and say, Hey Taylor, I love you. What's going on? And she does the same for me. Mm -hmm. If I want to know how you and Katie are doing, I'll send you a text or just right. some, like I, I make sure that I carve out that time because who you are and who Taylor is and my sisters and my friends, um, those are important pieces to my life. I, I, I make it a priority. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a long bit of time. It can be like, I love what you said about when you drive in the car together, that you dedicate the first five minutes or so of your drive. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know that we can all be like Brother Lawrence and say, man, I'm just going to make sandals <laughs> yeah. and, and peel onions in the kitchen for, you know, for God. Yeah. Uh -huh. And for some individuals, they take that vow and they do live that kind of life, that monastic life. But what is reasonable and practical for us you know, God has blessed us with children and friends and a job and thing, and, and he understands all that. But I think carving out that time just to sit and listen, maybe you don't even have to have words. It's not about what yes. you say, but it's just like, you know, us talking before the podcast, Devin, Hey, what's going on in your life? Julie, I saw in the notes before we jumped on here about the story of a guy named Juan. Yeah. And I think this perfectly illustrates what you just said. Juan's the man. And he's the man. So there's this guy named Juan, people. And every day near dusk, Juan would stop in a church on the way home from work. Hard hat in hand, dirty, dusty, and tired. He would sit quietly in the back of the church for five or ten minutes, then get up and leave. After watching this for weeks, the priest approached him one day as he was leaving and told him that he was happy he could use the church in this way. And Juan thanked him for leaving the church open, saying that this was a very important time for him. The priest asked why it was so important. And Juan replied that this was his time with Jesus. He went on to say, I come in, sit down, and say, Jesus, it's Juan. And the priest asked, well, what happens then? And Juan replied, well, Jesus says, Juan, it's Jesus. And we're just happy to spend time together. Yeah. It's beautiful. That's it. Like I said in the car, like I feel like or have felt like, you know, I, I pray for my brother and other military and police officers, first responders. I pray for you. I pray for Katie. I pray for my family. I do those things. But then I don't think I give time for just Jesus. Mm-hmm just to be Jesus or to talk back to me. Mm -hmm. I want to change that. I want to just be able to, you know, start my car and head out of the neighborhood and say, Jesus, it's Devin. Yeah. Silence. Yeah. He knows in my heart that I want to pray for the, all those things. Mm -hmm. He knows that I want to invite him in. Or maybe this is my way of inviting him in. 
Jesus. I about said Juan. It's Jesus. Juan, it's Devin. I'm going to start talking to Juan now. <laughs> Jesus, it's Devin. Period. And then allow him to say, Devin, it's Jesus. Mm-hmm. And listen. I would love to be able to phone Jesus and say, I have some time alone. Like, would you like to, you know, join me for dinner or something like that? I, I remember, um, it was in the summer before Jen passed and she texted me. It was early in the morning. It was like six thirty, and she was actually still working her job just because she was superwoman and she had cancer and she didn't care. She was still working and out and doing whatever it was she was doing. It was amazing. And she texted me early in the morning, really early. And she said, Hey, I'm getting ready to leave for work a little early. I couldn't sleep. Would you mind having coffee on your front porch with me? I was like, absolutely. I would absolutely. And, and I, I think about that with Jesus, like, would you just like to have some coffee with me and spend time? And, oh, I feel like I'm going to cry. For me to say, I don't need anything from you. I just want to be with you. Yeah. Like, that's the level. Sorry. Like, that's the level of closeness that I want. Mm-hmm. That's unmatched. And it doesn't come, yeah, and it, it's not about the words that we speak. And it's not because I want anything from him. Mm. Mm. I think that's where us as humans get it twisted. Yeah, because the only kind of love that I can liken a love for Jesus for as a love that I have with people who are most important to me in my life. And gosh, sorry, Devin. I love and have relationship with people, not because of what they can do for me or because of what they can give me but just because of who they are. And I think that's the kind of experience Jesus wants with me. And at the end of the day, that's the kind of experience I want with him. Mm-hmm. Like you said, hey, hey, Jesus, it's Julie. Hey, Julie, it's Jesus. And we just sit. The comfort and the peace, that's awareness. That's awareness. So... Yeah, that's the kind of beauty I want in my life. And who would not want to make time for that? So I don't think, Devin, I can boil it down to an easy formula. You know, Mm. it's just being intentional and making time. Mm. Yeah. Brother Lawrence, um, there's a story that says, like, I think it was when he was out on the battlefield, he saw a tree you know, and all the leaves had fallen off of it. And I think maybe one remained or something like that. But he was even moved by a tree that had no leaves on it because he was reminded of God's like regenerative power. Like how, how do we live like that? I I don't know. You know, that's why we always say, give us eyes to see and ears to hear. And I think on top of the awareness, once we get to that level or that point, 
even just throughout your day, throughout the chaos, if something happens to make you pause and slow down and see Jesus and be aware of Jesus, I think the next step is saying, thank you, Jesus. Oh, yeah. Being gracious of that awareness and, and his presence in your life. And it can just be like a quick, like, under your breath, like, all right, Jesus, thank you. I see you. And you go on. Yeah. Move on. I think Brene Brown makes a a connection in that, Devin, where I thought she said that she has noticed that the people who have the most joy in their lives are those who are the most uh, filled with gratitude. Mm. So perhaps if you want more joy, be more aware, be more um, thankful. And I don't know, maybe it's all connected. Tis the season. It is the season for Thanksgiving. Yes. To be thankful. So... Um, I just want to offer up a prayer before we finish. Devin, perhaps someone listening to this today, uh, them finding the time just to uh, carve out a few minutes to listen to our ridiculous voices (laughs) away. Um, You know, maybe our prayer, right, is that God would use us as limited and as broken and as messed up as we are to reach out to other individuals. I, I know on my personal Facebook page, I have a quote by St. Francis of Assisi that says, I have been all things unholy. And and if God can work through me, then he can work through anyone. And so I know that both you and I talk about this. We we hope that this time is a time for people just to draw closer to God and be aware of the good news, that he is close by and that he loves us. So I'm going to pray real quick. Father, I pray that you would help us make every action without exception into a kind of brief conversation with you. Not in any artificial way, but purely and simply. Help us to act carefully and deliberately, not impulsively or hurriedly, because we recognize that those are marks of a distracted mind. And because we know that you're always with us in our deepest core, that right now, even in this very moment, Help us to stop what we are doing to just adore you and praise you. We ask for your daily help and we offer our hearts and thank you for your ever-loving presence. And amen. It may be so. Amen. So there we go. A little emotional today, people, but... That's good news. It is good news. It's very good news. So if you guys want any more good news... Uh, feel free to check out our Facebook page throughout the week. Um, I know Julie is a Facebook wizard and has been dropping a lot of amazing golden nuggets throughout the week for us to just come back and recenter and uh, watch videos that display uh, Jesus's actions and through people who are aware of his of his goodness. So check us out there. And if you like the podcast, please subscribe, rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. Julie, I think that was, I think that was a message that needed to be put out this week. So thank you. Thanks, Devin. I, I hope that more than anything that, um, you know, people will take time for the, they'll, they'll be a little bit selfish with their time and say, Hey, you know, I, 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 the next five, 10 minutes are just with me and God between God and I, and, and know that it's okay to do that. I guess I want to be permission giving in this season of busyness. So Yeah. You know, thanks to the people that are listening. It's what an honor to spend time with individuals and and get their feedback. And um, I don't say that from a 
a pious or praiseworthy perspective, but just to know that that God is working in the lives of people, man. And we get to be a small part of it, Devin. What an honor. So thank you guys for listening. And on behalf of Julie and myself, here's to the good news. May we be it. May we seek it. May we spread it. So pull up a seat. There's no reservation needed. Be well, friends. I love that. By the way, I don't know where you came up with the words for that, but I just think it's so good. Jesus. (laughs) Did he really? Okay.